Hello and welcome to the inner sanctum of the Moth Sanctuary. <laughs> I'm Chloe. And I'm Andrew. And today we are going to be giving you a behind the scenes look at the finale of season one of Penny Dreadfuls from the Moth Sanctuary. Uh, we're going to be looking at Lady Death today. So this is a story written by Andrew. So tell us the brief overview of the story. Tell us what happens. The story uh, is, it surrounds a character called the Countess. Um, and she is a figure who's been doing some pretty atrocious things to the, the people under her charge. Um, the people that the sort of the peasantry that live in her lands. Um, and she's doing it to try and seduce and entice death to prove that she can she can be a presence of death just as well as he can all for the purposes of trying to join his crusade for last for lack of a better word uh and the story kind of unfolds when he catches up with her so what was the inspiration behind this story was there a particular character um, that you had in mind when you were writing about Lady Death? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, the figure that I had in mind was uh, Countess Bathory. Um, nasty lady. Yeah, the nasty, <laughs> the nasty lady who is, uh, is rumoured, uh, and, and it, it is a, uh, a rumour, uh, sadly, it's, it's not a, a real story, but she was rumoured to uh, take baths in the blood of virgins, um, to keep herself young and beautiful. Um, and it's a lovely sort of image and a lovely sort of folktale, but sadly it doesn't have any bearing in truth. What she actually was was a sadist who married very young um, and was incredibly wealthy to the point where the treasury of Hungary needed to actually take loans from her and her husband. Uh, he was an accomplished soldier and he would come back from... Uh, different skirmishes, different battles, different times away with gifts for her that would be weapons, essentially. And, and he would teach her different ways of inflicting pain so that by the time that she was in her 20s, she was assaulting and killing uh, young women that were working for her or that were in her care and in her charge. She had her own little room which was uh, essentially a torture room, and which might be where the, the people theorize this is where the, the bath story comes from. Her little torture dungeon. Exactly, but the, the, the floors of which would be covered in these people's blood. So you, you'd be walking around literally in puddles of blood. So I, take from that what you will, that's probably where the rumor came from, that she was bathing in blood. Um, but yeah, she, she was essentially the inspiration for Lady Death. Um, because you know it it just seems so so strange somebody who is so sadistic somebody somebody is so wrapped up with the the torture and killing of people it seems like such a a, a strange motivation and i want to kind of take that and give her a purpose for doing so if if you get my meaning she's still a psychopath she's still crazy but um, she's she's got a motivation which is all her own, which nobody else can understand. So it's essentially taking that Lady Bathory character, and and sort of putting her in into a context where she's trying to confront death. 
So the the actual inspiration for the story is markedly more gory than um, than the actual episode that we've created, um, which is arguably more of a love story. Would you from, say from her perspective, it certainly is. I wanted to have I had this visual in my head, and it was either going to turn into Lady Death or it was going to be a vampire story. Um, but I thought that having a vampire story where you know, a vampire comes in the middle of the night to this, uh, you know, young woman was a little bit tired and played out yeah. and there wasn't really much you could do with that. Whereas what I love the most about this was the conversation between the two and the the countess going from her belief that, you know, her suitor, this person that she's been trying to lure and tempt for so long has finally arrived and then through the course of the story, it slowly falls apart and she realizes that it's not what she thought it was. And she's ultimately, by the end, utterly terrified of the, of the prospect of what's going to happen. So what did, you, what did you carry over from the legend of Countess Bathory? What were the, the elements that you kept? A lot of it in there is, is very overt reference. Uh, so things like her having, having a room to go and take uh, young women that worked for her. Um, the fact that she had a, has a quick temper, um, the same as, as Lady Bathory did, um, so that people would be put into this torture chamber for the slightest uh, misdemeanors. Um, the fact that uh, they both have husbands who taught them how to kill. I think the only difference is, is that in Lady Death, it's kind of implied that she might have been responsible for his death, whereas in in history uh lady bathory and her husband were very much in love and um she wasn't responsible for his death at all from what i understand lucky escape bro <laughs> well i mean i think he's he was just as sadistic as her so <laughs> he's probably he got what he deserved <laughs> um do you have a favorite part of the story you mentioned the the conversation earlier yeah Is that your if, favorite if part? there's something that i'm i'm proud of most from from this story it's it's the the way in which it's told from how it slowly unfurls from beginning to end, how, how it, the tables turn, how it's almost like a little dance between the two of them. This very quiet, very stoic, very still death presence is coming up against this very wild, very fiery young woman. And how he doesn't have to change what he's doing at all and just through his presence just through his body language through the little things that he'll throw in every once in a while that you get that actually he is cold and unfeeling and just as cruel as she is in some respects but because he has to be and she chooses to be yeah it doesn't have the same emotional um motivation no. behind it and she realizes her own insignificance when you know she puts so much importance on herself and you know what she might mean that you know the line where he says i have taken worlds you know it's it's supposed to be that you might imagine that you are comparable to me but in fact you're you're just a dot you've been here for a, a second in in my time and you'll be you know when you're gone you'll be forgotten to be snuffed out <laughs> exactly and and i really like how how that interaction plays out over over the course of the story 
What do you think is the most horrifying part of the story? What's the really scary part for you? And for me, it, strangely enough, given all that we've just said about the cruelty of the Countess and everything like that, it's it's uh, death's cold indifference. There's something about that that I find really unnerving. And that as he gets closer, it becomes more and more apparent, you know, like how far away it seems beautiful. And, and that's the thing, I guess that's with all of us, is that we, we, there's, there's this tendency sometimes to romanticize death, but that's when it's far away. And the closer that it gets, the more terrifying the prospect becomes until it's literally on top of us. And I think, you know, there, there's no words of comfort that come from him. He's, he's not trying to make a situation easier whether or not she might deserve it there's no there's no softening from him and i think that's strangely the the most terrifying thing is the the cold indifference with which he regards her and probably regards everybody yeah this one thing that you can't bargain with yeah even though you've spent your life in pursuit of this thing it all means nothing when it actually comes down to the final moment mm. ooh chilling mm-hmm. well on that note um let's have a look at our bonus question for yeah. this episode so this is a fun one classic monster fight who is your favorite classic monster oh god movie and book versions oh. are both acceptable wow okay i mean speaking of vampire figures it's, <laughs> it's got to be drac it's got to be dracula uh, that's the thing. If if it was just based upon films, then it's got to be Frankenstein or Frankenstein's monster, rather. But because Dracula's the the novel of Dracula, he's it's such a terrifying presence. He doesn't even have to do much, and he's this utterly sort of scary, wild, crazy creature. Yeah, I've got to give it to Dracula in that respect. See, I I would have gone for. The creation, yeah. Frankenstein's monster. But trying to choose between the book version and the movie version is really difficult. Yeah. Because I think the movie version, Boris Karloff's portrayal of the creature is just so iconic and so beautiful in many ways. He really captures that kind of childlike innocence of the creation, but also the sheer blind rage as well is incredible but mary shelley's original description of the creation i Mm. think is absolutely phenomenal and terrifying and really visceral and And eloquent if you ever get the chance to go to mary shelley's house of frankenstein in bath Mm. they have created an animatronic version of what mary shelley thought the creation looked like and it's incredible terrifying and wonderful it's wonderful you should totally go and see it (laughs) yeah definitely go there so yeah i i would have to say frankenstein but here's the question if they were in a ring drac versus frankenstein's monster who would win well, that, I mean, that depends on the context. Is this happening at <laughs> night? Are the are the the audience there, the spectators there, with torches and pitchforks? You know. <laughs> See, I think if if the creature could land a punch on Drac, he'd go down. But 
He wouldn't if he got stay too down. close, he'd just burst into a cloud of bats and fly away. Yeah. Either way, I want to be in the front row for that fight. All right, here's here's one back at you. So obviously, I think we've made our feelings known on on uh, the the creation and Dracula. Mm-hmm. The Invisible Man or the Wolfman? Wolfman, hundred <gasps> percent. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I love Wolfman. (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. I think the movie version of The Invisible Man possibly has one of the best one-liners ever when he throws a broom at someone and says, how's this for a hairbrush? Which is genius. It makes no sense. Absolutely. He's just talking Delightful. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Wolfman. Definitely. Mm. Well, that's it for another episode of the inner sanctum of the moth sanctuary Uh, we will be back with another episode digging uh, deeper into the stories and how we created them if you want to go and listen to Lady Death if you haven't already that is the season finale of season one it's episode number 10 Um, so go and listen to that and if you haven't already make sure you have subscribed to Penny Dreadfuls from the Moth Sanctuary on Spotify Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I've been Chloe. I've been Andrew. And we'll see you again really soon. 